God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us today. We are back for session two. Hallelujah. After a good time of fellowship and co-ordinate with one another. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Can you hear me okay? Praise God. I got the fan on. I'm a little warm. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We stopped talking, I think, initially. We're talking about intimacy and knowing God. And we define knowing Spiritual life changing knowledge. The Hebrew meaning of the phrase to know. It is this kind of knowledge that we read about in Genesis when God told us that Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore a son. Genesis 4 1. Knowing resulted in the conception of a baby or producing life. Real knowledge is not head knowledge. It is intimate, gut level, life changing, life producing, experiential knowledge that changes your life forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Eternity long. For the God of intimacy dwells in you. We talk about God's presence becomes communion, and His communion becomes prayer. And what is prayer? A communion, talking with God, spending time with the Lord, which is prayer. I want to talk a little bit of um, the result of intimacy. Um, I remember we talked about true love is the byproduct of worship. And that love is called liquid love. This is an actual uh, impartation, substance that God releases into us. So the result of in intimacy and fellowship with the Lord is transformation, impartation. We're empowered to receive his love. We're transforming his nature and character. We see him as he is. We become naked before him. We open up ourselves to know the Lord. So we must die to ourselves, die to our will, and then take on his will. And during this time of intimacy, we're having an impartation of her. I think Cecilia mentioned impartation earlier today. That God was imparting unto us. And I think it's the same. And we have prophetic utterance from Jessica about the Lord calling us high, up higher to take our new position and place in him. And clear. And clear. Yeah. With the water, with the rivers. Mm -hmm. God imparts his anointing into us to transform us into his likeness. We're empowered to generate power. Power comes along with just his presence. So it's, it's, the proper say his presence is power. And in this we receive his love. 
What else? Next one is conception. We already talked about intimacy, like with the man and woman. Intercourse, then. There could be conception that will occur. This is when thoughts come to you, when you have thoughts that come to you that are not your thoughts. You know that it's past or comes from God, but they're not yours. You know it's not you talking, you know you don't think that way, it's like, okay, where did that come from? It's a different train of thought. There's also a kind of flow to it. And you can actually have a dialogue with it. And, and one of the new levels and new places that I transitioned to the beginning of the year was these longer encounters of uh, visits. And I, I think it was, I don't know, I think it was me and Claire talked about it. And, and I don't use the word visitation much anymore. It's kind of got an old school term. And then, then I, uh, I used more so an encounter. But the reason she, she shared with me what she felt when you use the word visitation is that he visits and leaves. Well, you know, that's a visitation. So it's, it's not a visitation, it's an encounter. So he'll visit and stay and, and linger and be a party because he doesn't like you know, go home and go to bed and he's gone. He's always with us, he's forever with us, he's eternal. He's an eternal part of us, and we are an, an eternal part of him. <clears throat> so conception occurs, and then vision is birth. So in conception, you're receiving a deposit or a seed. You can, you can say a word of some type. You can say even revelation something that's placed in you or given to you that will that is considered life. We don't think the Bible is life giving. The words in the Bible are life. So if life is a party into you, it will grow. It's alive. It's living. It's a living thing. And it's eternal. That's where it's eternal. So if you have vision or our conception occurs and has something placed in you, then you're going to have something hurt as a result of it. So a word of God given during intimacy is the definition of vision. A vision is a word. You don't see the vision? It's a word that you hear. You can hear. Yeah, you can hear. You can hear the word, or you can see the word. Sometimes you hear it first and then you see it. Yeah, true, you can. You, some people are, remember earlier I said some people are seers, some people are feelers. Um, some of us hear more, even with the prophetic when people prophesy. Some people are what we call naughty prophets, and they just prophet, they prophesy from their spirit, and it's a it's an ongoing flow, like a river. Oh. Yeah, and I and I remember getting that word from God early on in life, you were prophesying what you know, and out of your animals being go rivers of living water. So those, those, are, those are words coming from him, which are living. And with it being rivers, it's flowing from various places. And it's, it's moving. It's moving. But what I was going to say about hearing and vision, we always think vision is just seeing. Vision is not just seeing. Vision uh, is <coughs> perception. Perception is clarity. It's being able to, to 
picture it even in your mind's eye. In order to picture something or perceive something, you've got to use all your senses. You can't just use your eyes. So vision is a word given during intimacy. So you're not going to get vision for your life, purpose for your life, if you don't have a relationship with God and have that intimacy, that level of intimacy with him where he can give it to you. And how do you get it? Relationship, fellowship, trust, depending on him. It has to develop over time. So God makes us pregnant with his purpose. He gives us his desires. And then also during intimacy is when God reveals himself. He reveals his heart to you. And you don't, you don't really go after that, seeking to see, see God's heart, see what he sees. And I think it was clear what they talked about. God told her he was going to let her see through his eyes, but like what he sees. Um, she didn't say that. She didn't ask for that. That came from God, put that in her. Why? Because he knew her from the foundations of the earth. <laughs> he already knows where she's supposed to be in. And all this has to occur before her to get there. In spite of all the obstacles that she may have to jump over or bypass or turn and, you know, plan A and plan B and plan C that might have to happen. Kind of going through some of that now, right? <laughs> uh, for me on this one, the God's heart part is the intercession that he'll give you when he, he, he has started to show me or allow me to feel these feelings, like putting a burden on you. I didn't know what burdens were. People talk about the burdens, and, you know, I, I thought that was kind of like an old school term. Old people talk about that, a burden. And then when he started doing that to me, it was like, it was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> are you kidding me? And it's, you know, you don't, you don't go after that. That's what I'm trying to get at. You don't go after looking for anything like that that has to do with pulling anything out of the spirit. You are led there. You're led into there. God is drawing you there. You don't go looking. Then you get into the, like we were talking this morning, how people borderline get into witchcraft and stuff. Because if you're looking you look enough, the devil see you looking. He's going to take you in and you're going to open the door for, for him to, you know, be into, into your life. Into like the kids saying, you're too late, you're too late. You don't want that. That's why I do what I do. That's why I love doing this, because I don't want to see anybody trip up. I, I don't want to see anybody trip up. That can be tour. They can put you on a detour for about 10 years of your life. Mm -hmm. and then that could maybe take you out before your time, possibly. So, during intimacy, the one of this, and this is not an all-inclusive list, but another thing that happens is God's heart is revealed. He reveals his heart to you. There's fellowship, and, and at that time is where you experience that oneness, being one with him. It's a unity. Remember how we talked this morning about the triune being and us being three, in this community, becoming that oneness, have you experienced that oneness? Has anybody experienced the oneness? It's revelation. So you can't, you can't answer that out of here. It's revelation here. 
You, you experienced it, you know what it happened. It's almost like a new birth. Well, you're born again. <laughs> I mean, you birth the song or the group or the church. <laughs> when you're born again, it's like a born again experience. Everybody remembers their born again experience. You may not remember every single thing that happened, but there's certain parts of that that are so, such a highlight of the, the born again experience. That's the same thing it is when you have that, you, you get into that position of oneness in God, oneness in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that the same thing as being in the spirit? Coming into the spirit when you're, when you're walking in the spirit? Or is it like talking more about uh -huh. a tangible oneness encounter with the Lord when you're truly alive? Like talking about that. Are you experiencing the spirit, no. the spirit operating through you? Or is it different than that? <laughs> <laughs> Think about being born again. Can you give us an example of what you're saying? Oneness, the experience? Yeah. I, I gave a few hints. And I'll have to try to remember and be able to remember how it's very difficult to take things and put them into words of what you try to describe, yeah. you know, like heavenly things and places you get in positions yeah. and spiritual things. It's mm -hmm. kind of hard to put the words on. But one way that he just had me to explain it is like the board of being experience. It, it was almost like for me, light bulbs went off when I was born again. I felt so clean and brand new. It was like where I, I felt I felt brand new. So I can remember, you know, and I, and I thought I was in my thirties, my early thirties when I got born again. And but and then at that feeling that way, I felt open, like everything was open to me. And and God was it was almost like He was just right there. I could just touch Him. And so oneness. Well, Going back to that oneness, see, so we're talking about development. We're talking about mm -hmm. spiritual development and levels as you go in God with your maturity, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so for me, the morning experience, next one you get, and it was really kind of like a challenge for me, my next experience, which was being spirit-filled. It seemed like I had to battle for that, fight for it. The devil just didn't want you to get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, being born again was just easy. You just believed. You had that childlike faith. And you get, you get a measure of the spirit at that time when you're born again. But uh, so, so, so many months later, I, I, you know, once I, I got born again, I was so just out there wanting everything. You gotta get the Holy Ghost. You gotta get the Holy Ghost. Cause it praying in the spirit, the Holy Ghost is gonna give you a weapon. And you're, gonna be, you're gonna be able to battle those devils. And, and you know, you know what I mean. All, you know the, the old time warriors. That's how they did you. You know, were these older people that were, you know, discipling you. So I, 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 I had to, so I had to battle to get the tongues, but I got them. I was determined. They didn't make no sense whatsoever. I was a dad, da, da, ba, ba, ha. I said, just make any noise. It sounds like daddy or whatever. Or mom, I say it. I said, okay. And I was just let, I was trying to put sound to what was happening in me. But I didn't get, some people get like a whoosh. You know, they just, I don't know where it comes from. They just all of a sudden go and they just, blah, you know, because I'm kind of help pray people. Get there, but I had a battle in mind, so that was the board of experience. This next level is this oneness in Christ, oneness with the Holy Spirit. It's a different level than what you're explaining, Jessica. Because what Jessica over there was explaining all true stuff, all true things that can happen and will, 
and are real, it's a reality, but it's, it's more my description of trying to explain a spiritual experience. But you don't, that which you were explaining, you actually can see it as people explain it. For example, she talked about flowing uh, against the spirit, being one in him and he's on you, the anointing's on you and you're flowing. Just like this morning when we had the healing anointing oh. manifest, that was, you know, natural. Is it a oneness? Yes, you have to become, you have to already baptize his child, have that gift flowing in your life, be able to, uh, be able to know how to be, to facilitate it, let him administer it through a whole other level in, in him and in your maturity. So displaying the oneness, back to oneness in him, It's going to be hard. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try to explain it because, because you asked, and I, and I brought it up. And it's, it's a part of intimacy. It's, it's a, I've got some more handouts, you guys. It's part of what we're, what we're talking about is the fellowship and the intimacy in him. I feel like I have. Mm -hmm. That you have had it. Yeah. And you may have. And each person's experience is going to be different. Yeah, but I figure there's a oneness. I just um yeah, when you become one in him, there is, you know how you know in your knower, I always call it my knower, you know, that uh, intuition, we say use the word intuition, not so much the word conscious, that's something different, so we can explain that a little bit further too, I guess I should really make a little progress in, in the teaching, but I did want to spend more time on the one, so I was going to be a bring an example of a tape that you guys can listen to, if you, if you can actually hear, hear someone going through that oneness and how it how it how it manifests itself. For me, for me, I was just I, I think I because I, I go into a worship minutes just before I'm ready to go to bed. I uh, you know I, or get up in the morning like y'all I'll just tell you how I get my encounters or my visits. But that particular evening it just it just came just like a suddenly it was like something that grabbed a hold of my inner self. And then I don't know if I told you about this prayer. Most people I've told it's a connection. It's a connection. It grabs you and it just had a hold and it was like a, a lock. It was like, like a key and a lock. It could click, click. And it's, and it's there. And you're somewhere else. And you know that anything you do, anything you say, that is God, you're somewhere in the spirit, and nothing can come. It's like you're walking. You're, you're just you're, you're walking in that kind of authority. It's just it's just hard to explain. And it, and it and it's there, but you don't always know it. Just like if you've ever been mantled, if the Holy Spirit ever came to you and put a mantle on you and a gifting on you and called when He called you out, those things are there. They're a part of who you are. You just can't see them. But the enemy sees them. The angels see them, God knows they're there, and he can reveal them to man if he wants to. He can reveal it on you, you know. I know I have one. Actually, I have more than one because he's mantled me more than once. Because there's different mantles or anointings, their operations, their functions. You know, so you receive your office and you can have additional anointings and mantles placed upon you. I don't believe in, some people believe in being officed in, you know, two or three, where having two or three offices. No, I believe maybe you can be promoted. That's because sometimes you're moving. 
glory to glory. You may have to go here to get here. But um, you know, that one is just, it's, it felt like, it felt like, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna, like we talked about the word intercourse already, because we know that in the Hebrew, the word to know, or he knew, Adam knew his wife, you know, it, it means that intercourse. But this was, it was beyond that, and I'm not talking about a climax, I'm not talking about any of that. It's just a connection where your spirit connects to God's spirit, and you just, you just know where you are, and you know whose you are. Yes, yes. And speak up so my, people can hear you. Final example. Uh -huh. So Peter, mm -hmm. when he called out Ananias and Sapphira and said, "I'm, you know, you have you lied to the Holy Spirit," and he's like, "You know, you're going to die," and then they die. It's like it's like it wasn't God's will that they died. It was Peter's mouth and his authority and, and that, that oneness of him in, in, with Christ or that, that mantle that he had that when he spoke a thing, the courts of heaven backed him. It's like it's like he was acting as God. Yeah. Is, is, is that kind of example. how is that good what you're example. That's a good example. Yes. yes. I think yes. it's like when I was describing yes. to you Feel the armor drop down on. Mm -hmm. okay. But that the, the armor and the dropping the juice, but it almost feels like it's more like the, the, the mantle. An, an anointing. Mm -hmm. An anointing is just his God's presence. And 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 even though like I like I said, I've had that oneness that came in, it kind of just gripped it gripped my whole inner being and had a hold of me. And I couldn't move. And, and the only other thing I could think of is I had been in the Holy of Holies before and I had been in the throne room. I have, I have seen God. I, I've been in those positions and those places. The only thing I was thinking is, am I, where am I? Am well, I in the it? Holy of Holies? But it's different because, because it felt really tight. Mm -hmm. So this is different. And then what I'm describing is it drops on you and, it, and you know your purpose and you know what to say and you know what to do and you know how to do it. That's, yes. That's, that's mm -hmm. true. That, but that's more like your authority and an anointing that you have based on what God's called you to be or to be in the earth right? And you have that. And most people who, most believers have some form of anointing. Some of them don't ever really realize what it is or what their authority is. They don't have the teaching. Somebody can't help walk them through and disciple and mentor them. But that's exactly what that is. Is that what we call one of the five-fold ministry offices in, in Ephesians 4? I don't know. That's for you to find out. See, that's why I understand the oneness. The oneness is beyond that. The oneness is a it's an internal spiritual thing. It's not anything on the outside. It's internal, it's spiritual. And you can't you can't you can't see it. You you don't have a there's no picture. I'm just trying to use perceptions of things that that make sense. Like a lock and a key. That go hand that's made for it. No, it's not the same thing. Maybe. But we'll talk. We'll talk because you have a call on your life. And you're running from it. We're going to have to deal with that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, another question. Speak up, please. Well, I have a question. Okay, hold on. Let me get some 
And I have the band going, so it's hard to eat and harder to heal, but it's, it's in the cooling off and warm in here, so it's so, a little louder. Okay, so the one that's the No, that's it. So here's the thing. This is how I, I, this is how I, uh, this is my experience with dating the oneness with Christ. Um, I was in church, I was doing my ministry school, but I wasn't rooted in God. You know, I was, you know, because if the strong wind of the pastor trial came too strong, then I, you know, I fall and then I get back on with the Lord. But once I got the root, once I got rooted in Christ, that's where the oneness came for me. And it was almost like a radio that was always in tune. And you didn't hear any static, but you could always hear this radio, this channel. There's that a place in God. The oneness is a place in the spirit mm -hmm. in God where you and him are connected. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's that's one way to try to explain it. And that's what I was saying. No, it's not the mantle, the, the, the drop thing that down thing that came on you. No. Now this morning, we're assessing that. Okay. But one of our, our attendees had the Holy Spirit come on her during the teaching this morning, which was a healing anointing. He, she been, had been praying for her knee to be healed and straightened out. She started feeling the experience of the feeling she never ever felt before. She felt something crawling inside her leg, in her knee. And so there was a manifestation of the Spirit already here, but he wanted to heal. Right? And remember when she shared, what did I do? First she shared, and so I told her, I think mm -hmm. she's afraid she actually said that, and I said no. And then what, was our, what, what, did, what did I do when she shared? Okay, and what did I say before I even did that? Well, I already told her she didn't hear. Okay. I acknowledged, you might have missed it because you were t dealing with her. I acknowledged the presence and, and the <coughs> anointing, and it came down on me. Oh. And remember I said my hands? But I, said, I had to move. Yeah. So it's that's what that's what you were describing, and that's not what I mean by the oneness. But in order to flow with the Holy Spirit, you have to have that oneness. You have to know Him that way. Yeah. But remember, we talked about some people can flow like that, and they're sinners. You know, they're pimping the gift. They're professional. What did he call them? Um, Maldonado, or whatever you call them, you know, and that, and that gift still can flow through them. So is that a oneness? No, that's that one. It's that it's that position in the Bible where it says, you know, I did this for you, Lord, and I did this for you, Lord, and I did this for you, Lord. And God says, oh, but I don't know you. I never knew you. See, because the gifts are irrevocable. So. That's why I'm not saying that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the one that said I am trying to explain. I didn't really want to go into that deep area because that's one of the that's one of the areas or topics like like uh, <laughs> after this class it's like two of the classes more up. And as we teach, like actual people called into ministry, you know, in particular our apostles or prophets, we live by bold. That's kind of when you, I, when I get into that kind of oneness. But I don't know why the Holy Spirit wanted to, to bring that out today. Maybe well, because some of the questions that you guys had earlier this morning, and then maybe where you are maturity-wise, because it really doesn't matter, you know. It's just what I prepared. That wasn't in my notes to go there with the area of intimacy and oneness. You know. 
I just wanted to finish my thought on that, that uh, for me it's like a child being in tune. Say your favorite station is 107, 100.7, the, the Christian uh, channel, and you hear that. And, and it's deep within my spirit that I hear that. And so for me, the oneness is the Holy Spirit is the channel that I hear all the time. And, and, and it's, it's the Holy Spirit. I know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me because it, it's the voice that I hear every day. And I'm, and I'm in tune with that channel with the Holy Spirit inside of me. And for me, it came when I was actually rooted, when the Word really got into the, the, in the inmost part of me, and I was rooted in the Word. And then that's when I, I began to experience of oneness. And I believe that if, once you get the oneness, you have the oneness, because the, because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us. Yes. So, that was just my So our overall accomplishment in today's Blue Camp was to 
hear God better. Um, remember earlier this morning we talked about the God of 365 names. And then I wanted to read Isaiah 55, verses 8. And the, the scripture says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. God knows going to get dry and run out of air here because I. Thank you. And because I have a family, too, is my <laughs> For my thoughts Marilyn. are not yours. Merrily. And nor my ways yours. He uh, says the Lord, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. <coughs> and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so in Isaiah, Isaiah was able to see this program. So I read Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, and I think this is the Passion Translation, I clearly saw the Lord. He was seated on his exalted throne, towering high above me, his long, flowing robe of splendor spread throughout the temple. Standing above him were the angels of flaming fire, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces in reverence. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they flew. And one called out to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, commander of angel armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The thunderous voice of the fiery angels caused the foundations of the thresholds to tremble as the cloud of glory filled the temple. Then I stammered and said, Whoa, who's me? I'm destroyed, doomed as a sinful man. For my words are tainted, and I live among people who talk the same way. King Yahweh, commander of angel armies, my eyes have glazed, gazed upon him. Then out of the smoke, one of the angels of fire flew to me. He added his hands a burning coal. He had taken from the altar the tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, the burning coal from the altar has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the Lord saying, Who should I send to my people? Who will go to represent us? And then I, Isaiah, I spoke up and said, I will be the one. So God's glory comes to reveal what is in your heart, what is in the heart of man. Isaiah received his call and assignment after being exposed to God's glory. When God's glory comes, it is for a purpose. It's come, it comes to change you. Now God does nothing without a purpose. He comes to impart his gifts, his love. And when it does, you will never be the same. James Gall says, journaling is quiet, is quietness. Quietness 
is the incubation pad of revelation. So that's what he says about journaling. He just does a new book on how to journal. Quietness is the incubation pad of revelation. Remember, he speaks in quietness. God speaks to us in quietness. It's like a holy hush in a service when he wants to speak. Everybody hears it. Everybody's waiting. Everybody's perceiving. I don't know if anybody's receiving. It's a part of perceiving is receiving. Why? Part of that, 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 part of the receiving him, he's revealing, he's releasing something. He's releasing revelation. Who's going to receive it? Where's it going to go? Who's going to open their mouth and, and speak it? We're hesitant out of fear. We think we're going to miss it. We don't, have, we don't have that confidence. Like this morning, the goal of today's session is getting confidence in knowing you hear God's voice. We know it is Him. That's probably why you didn't talk about the oneness. But if you don't step out in faith, you'll never know if, you, if you're right. We're not perfect. We're humans, remember? We know in part, we see in part. We're all in God's army, all being trained to be his warrior. So, I was going to really go into how to journal, but time's kind of getting away from us. But what you would want to do is get to this quietness that you hear right now, a pin drop, and just expect the Lord to speak. He will speak. There are times I was waiting for him to speak. It's, it's so funny. I just love him. It's so funny. He is so funny. He's just so funny. <laughs> he is so funny. I, I can sit. I, I remember sitting trying to work up stuff. <laughs> I call it that because, you know, people say you've got to sit, practice the presence. I sit there for one to two hours, and he would never speak to me. It's like, why am I sitting here for all this time? You won't say nothing. <laughs> but in that, there's something out of me. Since you're not something out of it, I'm getting something out of it. And he's taking me through some type of test and training me in that. What is it? To quiet myself? To be focused on something other than trying to do three or four things at the same time? Remember, I told you I was a workaholic. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm always, I can't be idle. I got to do it something while I'm sitting. That's how I don't have to waste any time. So for somebody like me, that was a good exercise. And now he's visiting me and sitting, and, and I'm not. He's probably sitting, and I'm not sitting. It doesn't really matter. It's just that he talks to me about an hour. We have a conversation for an hour, hour and a half. And I sat for two hours, and I didn't get anything. Practice journaling, listening to God, and he will speak to you. Assess the communication. That's the part of the intimacy and the fellowship of the relationship. That he will talk to you and you you will you will listen. But then there's time to dialogue back. But when he's, he talks to me now, he's giving me more um, insight for, for myself, personal development. But then I know I graduate to another level because now my prophetic voice is going somewhere else. It's going to bigger, it's going it's going out into the wavelengths. 
is hitting, hitting the masses. Right? I never thought that would happen. I guess you know we never think about that. That's where I'm at now, and I think that's why he speaks like he speaks now, and he can just continue to speak. So I, sometimes I have a, a moment to ask a question. A lot of times I'm just taking down information and then dealing with the praying. And sometimes he'll just blurt out about six different scriptures, and he won't give me even the verbs. It's just the skeleton. It's the book, and then it's the chapter, and we just say what they are. Too, and you guys can look at those on like the next time we do a prophetic uh, boot camp. I do the monthly gatherings. We'll start that up next month. Not next month, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and how He speaks. But we want to do some activations. I'm going to talk a little bit in like the next 15, 20 minutes. A little bit more on teaching. We want to go to the page. It's numbered. It says page 11. How the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Again, this is all about us getting a clear understanding of hearing and what hearing entails. So God is not meant to speak or communicate in one specific way. He speaks in a lot of ways. And he speaks to his children in different ways. He speaks to people differently. One of his main avenues for speaking to me now is what I'm calling this face-to-face -face encounter. I don't know what to call it. I have no clue what to call it. He doesn't like me to label things, so I know that. But uh, at one time prior to that, in dreams, I would always have dreams. But, you know, dreams are like a vapor. You don't do something with them, right after you have them, they just go poof, they're gone. I mean, you kind of bring, try to bring them back. You know, and I wonder why. <laughs> something in the spirit. But in spiritual, it's mine. So if you have a dream and it sticks to your mind, a lot of times those are dreams and attacks of the devil. You can sit and blurt out and tell exactly the dream that came from the devil in your mind. You just, you just know it. Step by step. Isn't that interesting? You just know it. And he wants you to rehearse it. <laughs> You know, when you have those dreams, you deal with them right then and there. You think behind the Satan, cancel it out, it ain't gonna happen, you leave me alone, you have no right, you don't have no authority, you're trespassing, go, in Jesus' name. And you know what? Done deal. You don't have to rehearse it. You did it. The words you released are eternal. They're still moving and they're still living and they're still operating. But the dreams that are from God that are spiritual. You can't remember them here. Because they, they're spiritual. Get up and write them down. Now, when somebody prophesies to you and they minister to you, those words are life. If you go back and say, oh, what did they say? 
Oh, they said this? Oh, I remember that one word. You know, you, you can't really get it all. But when it was happening, we wasn't thinking about trying to remember it. What we should have been doing, this is how, you know, there's even a session on being able to receive prophetic words and utterances. You have to receive it. You have to let that, if you know you're in a bonafide ministry, and that's why I do what I do now, because I know there's some ministries that are not. They call it, they do what they say, prophet line. They put a curse on you and a hex and all that craziness. I don't believe in any of that stuff happening. Or I, uh, not that I don't believe it, because it does happen. I, mm -hmm. I, I can retract. I don't tolerate any of that kind of stuff happening. And I refuse to deal with it. And if, you know, if I have anybody that come in and look that that's what they're going to do, then they have to go. <laughs> you know, you have to teach the truth. You have to teach the Bible. You teach people the right way. So if you've got, in this teaching, it talks about peace and how you're supposed to receive and know it's from God. And I talk about where the various words come from, who's speaking, who's not speaking, and how to deal with them. But if, if somebody's prophesying to you life, that's a, it should be an impartation. You should have peace, and you should feel an anointing. And it could be a, it could be a word that's going to release and break things. And I think when you get to the prophecy part, there's so many things that prophetic word can do for someone. So you see why the devil keeps us up and fights us because of the benefits of what the prophetic word is. This is also why Paul says, "I wish that you all would ask the prophesy." Covet, eagerly, want, go after, passionately pursue to prophesy, to speak a word of love and utterance and life into others. The body building the body. Okay, so in, in um, God's word uh, through experience, we recognize it through experience and fellowship. And however, He decides He wants to relate to you. And it's going to be that way all the time. He won't take it away, anything away, but he'll grow into a new area. Like, for example, I can only give examples for me sometimes. Sometimes I bring somebody else to have an example. And if we have time, I, I like to pull people in or to engage, but it really takes away from our, our time to try to get through what our mandate is. But for me, like I said, early on, there was always dreams and visions and supernatural stuff. I guess I just clamor to the supernatural stuff. I want to know how things is up in my mind is intuition. Intu I want to I'm intuitive. I want to know how things work, how they tick, and how they operate. And so, but now it seems it's, you know, he wants, wants to do more like on a, a you know, personal basis. Personal basis, communicate personally. It's like, okay, this is new for me, Lord, but I'm all in, whatever you, whatever you say. So if you, he can speak to you through Bible, Dreams, visions, trances. I've had a trance or two. Bits and serve encounters. Translations. You can translate one place to another. Through an audible voice and through other people. The word prophecy or utterances. We must learn to recognize God's voice through experience. And um, John 10, 1 through 5, and verse, also verse 27 of John 10 talks about my sheep uh, hearing and knowing my voice. Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Okay, it says behind you, you hear, you hear the voice, you hear it from behind you. This is the way, walk in it. 
A lot of times when the angels speak, they're happy. That's how you hear them speak. And it, it definitely is not the audible voice of God. It's not too many times you hear the audible voice of God. People have said they have heard it. I don't have you heard it twice. It seems, it seems audible. But yeah, it's, it's so um, strong and loud. Where we say that small and uh, still small voice, still small voice, mm -hmm. it, it it comes so strong that it's, it it sounds loud. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the first time I was lying on my couch and I raised that, I know nobody was there for me, mm -hmm. but I still raised that the ground. Mm -hmm. So I I know that it can that can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then Isaiah fifty verse four. Look, the Lord. God gives me the right words to encourage the weary. Each morning, he awakens me, eager to learn his learning, lesson, teaching. There are many voices in the land. Hallelujah, come on, worship the king. Hallelujah. Come on, worship the king. Thank you. 